With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One. Talk Recorded live. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's call for Tactical Sovereignty. This is the Mechexic Discussion Group call. And uh, we've actually been chatting for over an hour now. I just don't start up the recording. But uh, we're getting into the topic of how the United States of America was set up. And we're talking about Benjamin Franklin. And uh, there was a question that was brought up by one of our members, Jason. Um, Do you want to go back over that again, Jason? Which... Which inquiry was that in particular? Was it about the uh, the, the Northwest Ordinance of 1787? Correct. Yeah, my initial question was uh, whether or not the government of 1781, uh, or you know, the, uh, the the government set up under the Articles of Confederation, styled as the United States of America, uh, you know, uh, uppercase T, uh, uppercase U, uh, you know, uppercase A, and. Uh, this particular government was actually setting up its states uh, with the Northwest Ordinance of 1787. Yeah, and and my reply on that was that I haven't seen that the Northwest Ordinance has been adopted. I really haven't gone into the registry as good as I should and uh, really uh, picked apart the paperwork that has been put in there uh, for this government. But from everything that I've seen all along, um, everything looks like it would be in compliance with the Northwest Ordinance. And at the same time, I want people to realize also, because I, I see people chat in different comments in the group and things and and degrade this government. Uh, and I, I, reading their wording, I see they're pretty much taking things verbatim from Anna von Reitz. Uh, who I affectionately call Anna von Rietzcraft. But <laughs> so it's like uh, these aren't even their own thoughts. They're copying somebody else's. But I went in and sat in on group meetings uh, with this government for maybe a year before I posted anything about them. And when I say for about a year, maybe, I'm saying. Not once a month or every other month, once or twice a week, minimum. I've been on every single call. Um, There's a couple certain calls that I don't think I've missed one single meeting of in the past several years. And so I don't think anything has really slipped by me unnoticed. I go, oh, yeah, I don't think that's quite right. I mean, um, information on these calls is incredible and in those meetings is incredible knowledge stuff people aren't going to pick up in college law school or definitely not even in high school but and i was saying that and 
you had mentioned uh, Benjamin Franklin and his um, supposed famous comment, you know, that they'd create a republic if you can keep it. And that was really just kind of a bold face, ha-ha to everybody that I just said something and you guys don't even know what it means. Uh, they 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 created the ability for a republic, <laughs> but because it, he said there was something you had to do if you can keep it, some action had to be taken. The ability was created, but guess what? Nobody went ahead and followed up on that kind of mandate that he made, and went to work to really set up their own counties and states and to administrate them. So instead. U.S. Inc. up there, Manhattan Island, Washington, D.C., whatever, they're the ones that did it. And that goes, it actually goes deeper. It's not just regarding the republic or your state, but also your person. And nobody's been administering their person. That's all been left up to the state as well. And they've been administering the shit out of everybody. And everybody gets PO'd and upset about this happening or that happening. Well, why is it happening? Because you have not been administrating your own entity. So somebody else had to. And they're going to administrate it in a way that best behooves or benefits them, not you. They care less about you. Why should they? You're lazy. You sit on your butt and let them take over everything. You made them do all the work. So, you know, why are they going to be interested in how happy you are with the turnout? But anyway, was there more on that, Jason, you want to talk about? No, not at this time, only because it's, uh, I'm stuff, it's stuff that I'm still reading. It's stuff that I remember reading with the Republic for the United States of America as well and, and, and how they we're proposing to set up the government based under the 1787 Northwest Ordinance. It was one statute. And, um, and, and just, just drawing on the differences between the two and uh, whether or not they share the same elements of, of setting up uh, local assemblies and, and using the same guidance uh, as, it may, uh, as it may be according to the ordinance. But that's, that's pretty much it for now. Yeah, and if people go in and uh, read the Northwest Ordinance, I mean, it almost kind of reads like you're reading the Bill of Rights a little bit. I mean, there is uh, the freedom of religion stated in there. There's a lot of the same things stated in there that are stated in their articles, which are known as um, the Bill of Rights. The same information, that the same standing is stated on that document as well. And... Um, it just fascinates me how you're always hearing people say, you know, you know, I know my constitutional rights. Well, whenever someone says they know their constitutional rights, that tells you that they've never read the Constitution. Because they would know that there are no rights listed in the Constitution. The only thing that's listed is a compact that shows the setting up of an organization or an assembly, if you will, or a PMA, if you will. It's their compact. And if people want to know how to set up their own uh, PMAs, private membership associations, or 
to reestablish their own states. I think there's no better example out there than the Constitution. Because go there and look and see what they did. Uh, they set up their, their president for their company. Uh, they set up the rules, uh, which is the judicial system, or how everything was going to operate. And they just listed everything right there that needs to be implemented uh, when you're forming your own association. Um, I posted something two or three weeks ago. It was the uh, compact or constitution for Walmart. And it listed all their documents. You could go right there and you could look at them. Guess what? They set everything up the same way U.S. Inc. was set up. Why? Because it's no different than U.S. Inc. Uh, The only difference really between the two is people are more scared of U.S. Inc.'s uh, security guards than they are Walmart security guards. And if Walmart security guards came to your front door, you would laugh at them because you don't have any faith placed behind them. Whereas when U.S. Inc.'s security guards come to your door, you be yourself <laughs> because you do have a mental indoctrination of fear towards them or respect towards them that you don't have for the Walmart security guard. And that's all. These are just concepts. It's just a concept. And your mind's tricked you into being in more fear of one than the other, and that's capitalized upon. If I may. What's up, bro? Well, uh, so so my understanding is is that the Articles of Confederation were the were the de jure founding documents of the of, of the government uh, of what it was intended to be. The Constitution was ushered in, and it's kind of funny because it wasn't for. Uh, the, some previous calls that I've been a part of, and that that is as a result of uh, the American National Union calls and all that. Learning, talking later after the meetings conclude, I learned that there's a there's a book out there called The Secret Proceedings of the Constitutional Convention of 1787, and it was the only, it's the only documented uh, uh, it, it's a it's a compilation of different notes that were uh, that were collected from individuals that were there at the at the convention. And uh, provided firsthand account and knowledge run, and how certain determinations are being made. It's a fascinating read. I'm only into a few pages into it, but and this book has been out, out forever. I'm only just barely chancing upon it right now to, to read it. And it, so, I think ultimately what it ends up talking about is that what it makes what it makes a reference to is that there were certain individuals that are already part of this meeting that had already predetermined and come up with the, the, what then was a template for the Constitution. And uh, and it was not at all what the convention was for. Uh, uh, Chief Justice Yates, whose primary notes are, are comprised his book, making commentaries that he he, he and his other companion you know, refused to go on and left the, the, the convention because simply the convention went ahead and, and did something completely different than than what it was its original intention, which is to amend the Articles of Confederation. And and we I think doing some preliminary research about the articles I mean there's a lot of different issues going on and and it, it was set up to have a weak government to begin with the states had a power and uh, and then of course there was currency issues there were uh, there was a weak executive and a whole bunch of other stuff in between a judiciary that probably wasn't put together uh, strongly enough as well so in the end the constitution supposedly uh, addressed all that 
But what it did, and, and if you analyze the Constitution, you'd be able to see that there's a mention of, 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 of the document itself. There's a statement about binding the states. And I think that's ultimately what, what the goal was, was, was to bind the power of the states and to usher in a new, a new type of monarchy uh, under, the, under the guise of, 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 of the Constitution. A centralized control system. Yes, a centralized control system acting in the very same way as a sovereign king. Except that now it's instead of one tyrant, you have three hundred. <laughs> you know, for lack of a better comparison. But well, and that's one of the topics too that I try to remind people of is if people think that this government it's a sovereign government and this or that. Well, I'm sorry, you are not in sovereign if you're in debt. And if this company is operating in bankruptcy, then no, they're not sovereign because they answer to another power. And that other power is actually who rules and controls them. And that's done through the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. But, yeah, that, and that, that was really the whole kink in the system was that that was a constitutional convention those guys were at. And people kind of hear that and they think, well, that sounds funny because there wasn't a constitution prior. Well, yeah, there was. A constitution, it, that word is used as an adjective. It's, it's explaining. Okay? It's an explaining noun. And the original constitution were the Articles of Confederation, which Jason is totally correct. You know, the, the majority of the power was held within the states with a uh, central government. And that's what people wanted to correct. The, the leaders of the U.S. wanted to have more controlling power over the states than the states had over themselves. And that's why they wanted to hold this constitutional convention was for that and for setting up the um, financial situation uh, for the U.S. Because all the money, all the power revolves around money. And whoever is in control of the money is in control of the state or the people. But unfortunately, when they went in and did the Constitution and some walked out, there wasn't even any references in the Constitution to the Articles of Confederation, which they were there to modify, which meant there was a break in the chain of title, which meant there was no progression from, okay, this country is founded on the Articles of Confederation, and then we're modifying it with the Constitution. No. There was no link there because there was no reference to the Articles of Confederation within the Constitution. So what they were doing and what the people that walked out on it were essentially upset about was that they were taking that original government, putting it on a shelf, and creating a whole new entity with a centralized power system structured uh, within Washington, D.C. And it was that power that monarchical rule that people didn't like. That was the reason why the majority of them came here uh, from England. Uh, which originally they really didn't come here from England. They came here from uh, the Dutch Netherlands um, after living there for about 15 years and coming here to start something else up. And, and what they wanted to start up was probably very good. And it was probably those people that came over here from England that infiltrated and uh, we're kind of the fly in the ointment, if you will. Because all they knew was the monarchical system 
All they knew was the status that they had back in England because these guys that people like to call the air quotes founding fathers um, were that word that's demonized today, Freeman. Uh, Freeman were a society of people in England that were kind of separate from the rule of law of the common man. And they want to continue with their own status. They want to continue with that status here in America. And that was really the purpose, I think, behind uh, the Constitution. And so all these patriot groups out here and stuff that love their Constitution, we got to make everybody uphold the Constitution, this or that. They don't understand that. That's actually the document that screwed them. Uh, that just cracks me out. That tells me they haven't done too much research into the topic. And so no whether no wonder they're demonized and um frowned upon by the current political system. And it's because they they're kinda of showing that they're idiots. So I guess you wanna show you're an idiot, you're gonna get treated like one. Brian, if I may. But, yeah, jump in, bro. So, so my 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 question is, and and um, you know, I pose it to anybody else who's been a part of these groups, just the way I've been a part of another group, is in in all these patriot groups, there's not one person, not one lawyer, not someone experienced even with a basic understanding of trust to see the difference between the documents, to see the relationship. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's difficult for me to comprehend that you have some very intelligent people who actually understand constitutional law and discuss the cases and things of that nature, but when they're presented with what what Keith Livingway has shown on the T. Rowe show, along with some of the other members there of the show, uh, it's kind of, I don't know, it's undeniable when you look at the connection in terms of the disconnect between the two documents and what, and what, and what those legal entities represent. And I, I'm just wondering, in, in your time dealing with and going through the different groups and doing your own research, uh, when this is posed to people, what is their just what is their rationale explaining explaining what's been discovered by the government of 1781? Well, it, number one, the majority of people don't know about this government. But when you get into conversations regarding constitution and stuff like that, um, people are so indoctrinated and so brainwashed, and that they have a hard time letting go of those chains that bind them. They really, really do. And they've just been just so indoctrinated. And But though there has been plenty of other people out there that have shown this information and talk about this, and they don't get popular. Their info doesn't get passed around. I pass it around. But it, their info doesn't really get passed around much because it doesn't fit this narrative of loving the Constitution and this and that and trying to hold on to something that actually never really was, uh, namely the Republic. And it never really was because the people didn't take that mandate of Benjamin Franklin and go and set up what needed to be done. But there's other people out there. Uh, David Williams. Uh, David Williams has a lot of great information out there. A lot of people don't know the name. They don't know the name because his info doesn't get passed around. Um, I've got a playlist from him on my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is Brian Parker Tactical Sovereignty. Um, uh, Harry Combs, who went by the name of The Informer. The Informer's got 
loads and loads of great information out there on this. Um, he actually separated himself from the IRS. Uh, his wife was a little upset. Well, what happens to our Social Security? You know, uh, that's a typical mindset of a slave, you know. And he said, don't worry, we'll be taken care of. And they were, you know. But the informers got tons of information out there as well. So there's been other people that have tried to bring this this stuff forward. But it gets stifled, I think, probably by plants that get put into groups. That And these plants that are put in are normally very charismatic, good speakers, stuff like that, right? Um, they're pretty much everything that I'm not. <laughs> but so that they they garner the attention and the respect of other people in the group. And if they say, oh, you know, that, that guy's a nut job, then everybody believes that and they'll ignore any info that comes from that direction. And, and I think, to me, I, that's all I can surmise that has really ever happened. And that's why the research that some of these other people have done doesn't get paid attention to. Um, I find some of those people, and I soak it up. Uh, Christian Walters, he, another guy, had some great info out there. Uh, I believe he just recently passed away. But it's been out there for years and years. And why it never got grabbed at the grassroots level and stuff, the only thing I can figure or surmise is that um, it just went against the grain of what people wanted, which is inside of everybody, what people really want is a big brother to take care of them, the Constitution to take care of them, the Bill of Rights to take care of them, and not wanting to hear that it doesn't apply to them. They don't want to hear that because that means they're left out there twitching in the wind stateless, which means there's some action they've got to do. Oh, my God, there's work I got to do? Oh, no. Yeah, the human mind is going to run from that every time. But what's more important than declaring where your allegiance is really at rather than letting it be assumed and presumed? I mean, to, to me, that's more important work to be done than going to your 9 to 5 on Monday morning. Uh, we're heading up on quarter to nine, uh, 8.42. Here in about eight minutes, I'm going to try and link us into Kelby's call, um, which, just so anybody know, if you want to talk during that time or whatever, he can't hear you. Um, this line will be muted out from that line. We'll be able to hear his call, but nobody will be able to interrupt him. So if any of the um, trolls or whoever out there think they can jump in and start talking over him, it, it'll just disrupt our ability to hear, but it won't stop anybody on his end from hearing what he's saying. So just a uh, heads up on that. Um, this information and other info regarding this topic can be found on the T-Row. I recommend the T-Row calls. They normally come out every week. I recommend people go and listen to people like David Williams. Hear what he has to say. 
He talks a lot about self-determination. Go and listen to Harry Combs. Go and listen to the informer. There's lots of stuff from the informer that has been uh, put on YouTube and downloaded and repeated by other people because it is good info. And so there are people sharing this knowledge out there. You just have to go look for it. And sometimes using, you know, keywords in your searches, like self-determination. Put in self-determination YouTube, see what you find. I mean, when I first started researching things, I found it was amazing. I, I would have like a a phrase come in my mind or a term. You know, I'd just go and plug that into a search me engine and wow, it's like, gosh, that exact phrase that I thought of can be found in a few different places and then you go and research the knowledge behind that phrase and what it really means. Uh, There's things that people hear every day that that they just kind of turn a blind eye to. Their ears just turn it off from their mind because they've heard it so much that, but it doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, That's like if you learn a new dictionary word, an odd word, and then all of a sudden, boom, you start hearing it in different conversations and on TV or on the radio. You start hearing it, whereas before you never heard it before because your mind didn't know what it meant. So it just kind of blocked that word out. But when you start learning what things like self-determination really mean, then boom, you start hearing it. But though you also start recognizing places where you should be hearing it at and you don't hear it, which that should speak volumes to you as well. Anyway, enough with that rant. And hopefully I'll be able to link in with Kelby's call uh, because I know they do a little chit-chat ahead of time uh, before the call starts, much as we do. I mean, tonight, uh, it kind of went for an hour before I started this recording. So, And like I was saying during that time before I started the recording up, I mean, the, the purpose of these calls really originally were because, and really still are, because I was getting a thousand messages and emails and stuff like that a week, and I still do, of people asking questions. It's like, you know what? Why not just do a group call? People can come on, talk. One question raises another question. You know what I mean? And we can all help each other out. That's really what it's all supposed to be, is all of us helping each other. Because... This really is not what's been done over time. Uh, We've just relied on whatever information was spoon-fed to everybody through the mass media or whatever and never did any of our own research or anything to explore it and learn the truths behind it. And that's also why I say, you know, people, whatever you know, good calls that you hear on some of these different talk shoes, different places, uh, and good info that you find that you read online, download it, save it. Because you know what? 
this tool that we're using right now is the number one enemy, period. That's why other countries such as China don't allow it because this is a number one enemy because what this does is it educates everybody. Everybody starts figuring out what's going on. And that's the last thing that the powers that be would ever want to have happen because that is the grassroots to a revolt where the people say, hey, wait a second, it's all about consent? Guess what? You just lost mine. You just lost my consent. And when a state loses the consent of the governed, uh, the state ceases to exist. There's no authority behind it. Once people learn that they've been swindled and and brainwashed the whole time, uh, they get kind of upset and don't want to follow that system anymore. Anyway, uh, anybody have anything that they wanted to bring up uh, prior to me jumping over to Kelby's call? I'm going to be doing that here in about three minutes. Can you hear me, Brian? Yeah, what's up, Jeff? Hey, I was going to say that was spot on the last what you said right there, that these people have swindled us in the name of the state knowing it was a creature state and a U.S. Masonic overlay, and they had us captured, stateless, in that, on the Holy See, literally. And that's an incredible crime right there. Well, here's the thing, all right? Because it's even bigger than that. Because... This goes back to things that I see uh, people going to court and they're like, I'm not dead. I'm I'm a flesh and blood man. Da, da. It's like, yeah, I think the court knows that. You don't understand the swindle. The swindle is that you are looked at as representing a state agency. The state created a whole different entity for you to represent, and they think that's what you're representing when you walk into court, when you hand your driver's license or their driver's license to a police officer on the side of the road, whatever the case may be. And that is the swindles that not just have they kind of tricked everybody into a different way of thinking, but they've tricked everybody into operating in an unnatural capacity, operating their agency, not the agency given to you by your creator. So they've even gotten you to step outside your body and don't realize that that the majority of the people in this nation operate outside of their body nearly all the time and don't even realize it. Uh, You know, the show The Walking Dead. Perfect example. That that is so real, and people don't get it. That is so real. It's funny. All right, I'm gonna see if I can link over uh, to Kelby's call. Um, I posted that for the group event. I, th- I think I posted it in the comments. Or, no, actually, I think I posted in the comments of a post Kelby made to the group. Um, 
I've got it written down here on a bill I received three or four months ago. <laughs> so, all right. Let me see if I can do this. Just to face it with me, everybody. Stephen, give me a mic check, please. All right, Jeff, keep on talking. Are you there? Can you hear? You guys on talk show hear me? Hey, Stephen, you on? Can you hear me? Need a mic check. Anybody going to uh, comments? Let me know if you can hear me okay. Sure. 
anybody, anybody comments? Messages, Facebooks. Hello. Yeah, we're here. Cool. You can hear me, everybody? We're good? You got I can hear you. I don't know about anybody else. Um, I think it's going to be a good call. I got to tell you. Um, I'm on Brian's talk shoe call. I'm hearing you, Brian. I'm reading you. I'm just focused right now. That's a halfway decent funny joke. All right. What does a pepper do when it's angry? It gets jalapeno, jalapeno face. Uh, I didn't do that. I didn't deliver that. That sucks. One of those you got to deliver right. That's funny. All right, so we got about two minutes. We're going to be... Uh, Talking tonight on because uh, there's a lot of a lot of conspiracy out there about uh, the founders being um, nut jobs uh, and guys that uh, were in it for themselves and um, we're going to discuss that in depth tonight and uh, I, I had a well uh, wait it was pretty awesome. Tactical Sovereignty. You guys on? Anybody from Tactical on? All right. I can hear you. Steven, you there? Hello. So, 
in a few seconds here before we go. I'm not muted. The recording has started. All right, guys. I want to thank you and welcome you to HisAdvocates.tv. We uh, have been doing these now for about two months. Where we're just sharing uh, information with everybody um, on things from state citizenship to uh, home protection um, and a few other topics. So we have a new topic tonight. We're going to be uh, kind of exploring some of the um, sovereign citizen ideology. Uh, you know, there's there's an encampment out there that uh, um, really kind of wants to believe that uh, the founding fathers were uh, basically creating a document for themselves and that it was a collusion against all of America and that America was uh, formed as a corporation and um, I absolutely can blow that out of the water uh, in law. That's really where we want to be. We just kind of want to focus in law and focus at uh, um, what really is important and uh, God's law, you know, and what we have here in this nation and why uh, it is critical and why guys like our founding, uh, you know, and I don't really call him my founding father. He's not really my founding father. Um, but, you know, the, the guys like uh, Benjamin Franklin were, that lady walked up to him outside of the, uh, when they got done signing the, uh, uh, the, the declaration and she asked him what kind of government have you given us and he said a republic man one of the interesting things is it says if you can keep it and so um we're going to kind of go way back and we're going to talk about 12 13 treaty peace we're going to talk about the uh, uh 12 15 um uh, and, and and how king john um uh, under duress, uh, had to give back to the barons um, the the elements of, of their land and stuff like that. But being a contract that was held under duress, it's uh, an invalid or it's invalid on its face. And the one preceding that, where he gave all the land to the pope for um, basically uh, the forgiveness of his sins. You know, these are you don't think they're that important, but it's the irony is is our all of our law points to those times, all of our corporate law. And so this is the this is the scenario. And uh, last week I opened up, guys, and um, I started praying. I actually started weeping um, inside. I've been hurting a lot and going through a lot of personal stuff. So um, I was uh, always open up in prayer. I'm just going to ask you to bear with me, guys. It's uh, It's been a journey for me for the last several months, home-wise, family-wise. Business-wise, there's been a lot of attacks, been a lot of crazy stuff, but uh, things good. Things are good. God is good. Um, and uh, I just, uh, I don't want to get emotional on everybody right now, so I'm really hesitant on opening up in prayer. But by the God, we just want to thank you for uh, the opportunity to just pray openly and publicly. God, just grant us a peace tonight. Um, help us to get our minds wrapped around truly what we have in this nation. Lord, that's it not get uh, dismayed with uh, conspiracies and, and different things. Let's talk about facts, facts and law, and, and why it's so critical that we just stay focused on, on what we have. We love you. We give you everything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.
So you get to um, you get to uh, yesterday. I, I posted something about the founders, and uh, I don't think he's going to mind me talking about them. Um, and uh, tactical sovereignty on Facebook. Um, and here, here's what it reads: <clears throat> By signing the Declaration of Independence. 56 Americans pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. It was no idle pledge. Nine signers died of wounds during the Revolutionary War. Five were captured or imprisoned. Wives, children were killed, jailed, mistreated, for or left penniless. Twelve signers' houses were burned to the ground. Seventeen lost everything they owned. No signer defected. Their honor, like their nation, remained intact. All right, so that, that, is a stone. I don't know where the stone is. That's what's embedded in the stone. Um, I've heard that over and over for, for years and years. And, you know, quite frankly, I'm, I'm at an, I don't care mentality where it, it, it doesn't really, whether they did or didn't, you know, it's, it's, it's the story. And you have to understand this wasn't like we, uh, this wasn't like we came here um, as a, a body politic of people, and um, there was a conspiracy uh, to set up a government because there was already a government set up, and it was the king's, and he had 13 colonies, and it was um, basically a death sentence to revolt uh, against the king, and so when you look at these 56 men in in general, and let's just say 100% of that history I just read to you is is absolutely true. Let's just say it is for for whatever purpose. Um, that has no bearing on what we're talking about tonight or what we're going to be getting into tonight with in reference to the law. Um, whether those guys were um, Freemasons, which many of them were, um, let me just start there. Uh, we know that George Washington was a Freemason. He was a 32nd degree Freemason. Um, here's what I know from my personal studies and witnesses and conversations with people is the first 32 degrees of Freemasonry are generally, um, there's all kinds of books and literature and information. I got probably... 10 different books. This is a great book on the deception of Freemasonry. Um, the 33rd degree, um, I heard a few accounts. Now, look, these are people I don't know. They're, they're on YouTube, so who knows. Um, that, And there's only one 33rd degree Freemason temple in America, and that's in Washington, D.C., in the forehead of the Baphomet of the beast, the brains who speaks for the beast. I've talked about that before with you guys. I don't want to get into it with you right now. But 13 streets due north of the White House is the 33rd degree Mason Temple. That is the temple where, and at the 33rd degree, that is the only time that you you can't earn the degree. It, it's an honorary degree. Um, first, they invite you there. Uh, and then when you get there, they, they say, oh, by the way, it's a, it's a big fat check you need to come up with a lot of money on the spot and write a check um, to be able to get the, the degree. And then once you've gotten the degree, you go through um, an induction. And 
some programming, if you will, and you also do a oath, and you find out, and this is, I've heard this several times from guys that are in the 33rd degree, it's where you find out you're worshiping Lucifer, where they tell you Lucifer is, is God. And they tell you that Yeshua is, it's all phony and fake, and now that you've been enlightened, you can now, they start telling you there's additional levels through um, the Shriners and different things like that that you can get and achieve. Now, um, we have a video on our website of a Mason who is in the Shriners. He's, got a, he's, got, he, he's, he's an elderly man. I've talked about this a few times, but it's important for this video for you to understand. He went beyond the 33rd degree. He's, um, he's, and I'm not saying you have to be beyond the 33rd to be in the Shriners, but it's, it's next level consideration. Um, and he came walking out, and he's on video, and he's talking about how Lucifer is righteous, pure, holy, boom, boom, boom. And he keeps saying it. And, uh, and this kid was challenging him based on the Word of God and, uh, and saying, did you know the Bible says this? And the guy said, no, really? And he said, do you mind if I put this on YouTube, sir? And the guy says, absolutely. God bless you, son. And this is after the guy had said, Lucifer is righteous, pure, holy, and so on and so forth. So you, you need to understand at the highest of levels in any private society, um, this is the indoctrination that you're teaching. I used to think <coughs> a Freemason was bad, no matter who they were. And I don't think that way anymore. I don't, I, all the way up to the 32nd degree, I don't really think that way. I think that they don't understand what they're being taught and how it's gradually increasing knowledge to that 32nd degree and it's programming all the way through it. Um, and there's things that you have to do to humiliate yourself uh, just to even get into the Freemasons and things that you have to do to um, work your way up and it takes years and you finally get to that point and if you get to the honorary degree and then you start finding out where um, what they believe you're kind of stuck and you might think oh man I'm being enlightened or I'm being told the truth so here's the point um, <clears throat> I don't think any of the founders were 33rd degree masons I do know that uh, for sure there was a lot of masons involved um, their involvement level uh, regarding as a private society, um, I, I have no clue. None of us have a clue. But here's, here's what happened yesterday. I'm on uh, a website on Facebook, and I started talking about um, the uh, this. I, I posted that, and it just lit a storm. The first thing somebody said um, was, some guy is very mad, and he said, um, yeah, it was done on stolen land, um, meaning he's talking about the Indians. And I'm just going to say right now, first and foremost, um, as Americans, uh, which Indians have a native right to be here, um, but it wasn't stolen, it was conquered, and that's a big difference. Um, and unfortunately, there was a, a, a big issue with um, the way that the Indians were treated. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know of any nation that's ever conquered a people and then gave them their own land uh, and unlimited amounts of money, food and support, and gave them their own jurisdiction. I don't know of any nation that allowed a people in that way to stay uh, in those kinds of circumstances. Yeah, there's people 
that get conquered. Um, but mo- 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 what happens the, mo- the, the majority of the time is you have to conform um, to the new system, to the new structure. And uh, so was it right? Was it wrong? Uh, as far as the Indians are concerned, I'm not going to make a, an opinion on that. I, I, I wish um, things would have been done a little bit differently, but I don't know how you conquer a nation or how you, um, which is not necessarily what our intention was at the time, but we did find this new land. We did find, um, we did try to inhabit it, and uh, um, we ran into a people that uh, resisted against that, righteously resisted against that, um, and they did some brutal things, and they, uh, them and their tactics were were as bad or as bad as our tactics uh, of scalping and skinning alive and burning and torturing and um, they they had brutal tactics to uh, white people as well. So war um, on any circumstances is not good. And uh, but it was not stolen land; it was conquered land. So we have to take into consideration um, how we got here. And um, and really, honestly, to me, that's a whole subject all by itself. And I don't want to really jump down too far. But in this conversation on tactical sovereignty. I had um, what I would refer to as a troll. He had a fake name. Um, he was on the website, and if you went to his Facebook account, you would have seen that he was um, demonic. Uh, he had a pentagram on his website or on his Facebook page, and um, and he kept, no matter what I said, he kept fighting it and fighting it. And here's what his sentiments were: that all the founders were in collusion to create a structure and a system for them only, and that it was treason against the people as if the people were put into a corporation. Here's the funny thing is the guy said, and he really laughed at me. I mean, he really laughed at me. He was scolding me. He was mocking me, and he, and he told me I needed to learn my history, and honestly, I about came unglued at that time in, in laughter. Not to say I know everything. I don't, but history on this country... Um, I've spent a lot of time, this is kind of what we're going to be getting tonight, um, I spent a lot of time studying the factual basis and elements from where we're at. And so we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna say, first off, yes, there was a few founders, I'm sure, that were agents. I'm sure of it. Um, in every body politic of people, that is uh, a movement. You're going to find that you're going to have both good and bad elements within that body politic. Uh, read the book of Nehemiah, um, and you're going to see the the the, uh, the two guys that came against Nehemiah. It's in every single position, uh, every single thing that's working for God. Uh, there's some element that's working against God to not complete the task or the transaction. So that's first and foremost. We need to understand that not all the founders were were flawless. Not all of them were good. Not all of them were believers. Um, and, and, and so whatever the stone said as far as what they did, in fact, uh, have happened to them has no bearing on the simple facts of the documents that we got out of them. So let's look at this in a big picture and, and start with what this guy wants to believe uh, and what a lot of people believe. Um, first off, I've heard the uh, FBI teach that the founders were treasonous, people against the king and that they were should be considered as terrorists. I want you to think about that for a second. Why, first off, they would say that. Second off, why 
what what are they gaining by teaching um, a law enforcement division or a, an up and coming training group uh, through the FBI? What what is the purposes of training? I think everything that starts like this nation did, which really no other nation in the history is founded the way that we were founded and had all the elements come together the way that we did. Um, you have that element of 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 treason against the king. Um, but the king, and this is what our document said, was laying a heavy burden on the people uh, to the point of death, to the point of torture, to the point of whatever. And, and we as a people under God have every right in law to declare um, our independence, declare our freedom. And in the second you do that, guess what? You're declaring war. So um, is it true that men lost their lives in battle? Yes. Some of the founders did lose their lives in battle. Is it true that they, some of them lost their homes? Yes. Is it true that their families were killed, a couple of them? Yes. So if you look at what history says and that's what you believe, um, you know, we, here's the point with, it, with, with in respect to this history. This history is so well grounded into wall and stone and, and the historical documents and private communications that we really can't rebut the presumption of what these guys did in fact do or what they in fact didn't go through. Um, there are issues where you have, and remember, it's, it's the winners always create the, the history. The, the victor writes the history book. Um, about six years ago, they tried to change history in this nation to remove the Declaration of Independence remove 1776, and start the founding of the United States at 1871. This is an absolute attempt within the history books. I have the articles. I have the, uh, the videos that were on YouTube. Anytime really something good on YouTube comes down, I download it right away, and I, I store it. I have um, multiple 8-terabit, 10-terabit hard drives, and you always keep them out everywhere else. You, Take your data, you back it up, you put it in a safe, and you hand it to um, hand it to somebody important to put it in their safe, and then you go back and periodically switch stuff out. You make sure you got a good backup. But here's the point: I got so much data um, that I have downloaded and I've saved, and this is important uh, to understand that when you look at the history and the context of what these guys did, somebody that wants to believe collusion in the fact that 56 men got together and they were colluding to do something for themselves, I'm going to say you're absolutely right. That's what they did. But they did it on the basis that they were creating a republic for themselves, and anybody that wanted to be a part of it would have that opportunity. But with that came a price of war. But it wasn't for them themselves so that they could have this elevated level and where all the poppers would be down here. It's not what, what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is they absolutely gave us the most precious document other than the Word of God on the face of the earth. It is something that is so precious that, guys, it's, it's so well-rounded in law and that you can't really get around the simple facts that if you lead yourself to that as a state citizen, you are truly a free man under God if you've got all your adhesion contracts figured out. And a lot of people, they're working through those adhesion contracts um, at his advocates. We got, excuse me, 
I've been working on trying to help people to understand the mentality of, of state citizenship now for going on five, six years, six years. And um, I, I can't tell you, uh, I'm more assured of it now being so well-rounded in law that you do have, in fact, two forms of government in law here on this land. One is referred to as de facto, and one is referred to as de jure. So when you look at the elements within laws that are talking about everything from um, assemblies, uh, grand juries, um, a, a municipality, uh, you can read just one case. I quoted it last week, Shelby versus Norton County. You can look at the uh, within corpus juris secundum at um, the, the construct of what a grand jury is, uh, it, it flat out says that when a de jure grand jury exists, the de facto one must go away. And so what that basically is saying is if there is a, a member of a state body politic of people, and in that particular issue with that guy, if he, meaning let's say the corporation is, is set up, meaning because as far, as far back as 1806, we found in case law where the United States corporation existed. We're being trained today that the United States is, in fact, a corporation, and it is. The United States is a federal corporation, Title 28, Section 3002. The exclusive jurisdiction of the United States corporation is in the District of Columbia, uh, UCC 307H. So... But where people have been kind of faked out is they all think that's synonymous with America, and it's not. It is two separate entities in, in totality. I mean, you can't say America is the United States or America is um, a corporation. It's not. It's a trust indenture that was signed on by 56 men, and immediately a declaration of war called the Revolutionary War took place. And so these are men that battled on the battlefield and that won the war against the king and the freedoms of, of and for these people. Um, at the same time, the king was working through a structure and a system of, of in, informants and, and guys who were being paid a lot of money that would come over here and grease the weezer, just like we have today, no different than uh, you have with, um, these guys who are in Washington, D.C., uh, lobbyists who are getting paid a lot of money to go on behalf of these corporations who can make unlimited amounts of campaign contributions to anybody. And let's think about this for a second. We've got issues in this nation. It's no different than it was then. Today, it's the same thing. You got, you got uh, Enron, not Enron, uh, you got these major gas companies that are making 30 billion, 40 billion, 50 billion in profit in a single quarter. Now you think for a second that they haven't put every single guy in Washington on a payroll to their campaigns to make sure that gasoline keeps getting sold on our landscape here in America? Absolutely they are. So when we have the technologies already, it's, see, here's the point today, that structure that exists today is the same structure that existed then. So these guys, they, they come together. No way in heck are you going to try to convince me that they colluded together to create a structure and a system 
to be anti-American or to create something that only they were a party to and that everybody else in their minds were going to be a part of a corporation because the corporation truly didn't come into big-time existence into what I saw as its first case law in 1806. But really that corporation, um, if you look all throughout the UCC and you look all through um, how we ended up becoming going from the de jure elements to the de facto being able to write executive orders at will all the way to 1851 uh, up through 1871. So really those years in the Civil War and those years from the exchange of uh, uh, James Buchanan and uh, Abraham Lincoln and that 14th Amendment and uh, the original, there was an original different uh, uh, 13th Amendment that uh, was to abolish um, you from being able to be an Esquire to come and serve on a body politic. Um, I've actually seen a copy of this one that, um, uh, thank you, Sonny, titles of nobility. You can have a title of nobility to hold an office in, in this country. Um, that was actually voted for. It passed, and it never went to the next level. It was hidden. It was and put away somehow. So when you ask me, is there a overlying structure, a shadow government of powerful men running and pulling the strings? Absolutely. Is there a collusion to bring forward everybody into a place of surety, into a place of a subset um, guarantor for whatever they want to do? Absolutely. But what we're talking about here that those founders gave us today is still in law. So when Abraham, or excuse me, when Ben Franklin said to that lady, ma'am, it's a republic if you can keep it, he was absolutely telling the truth. Now, I often wonder if he, two things on that sentence, if you can keep it, because a republic is what? It's a self-governed opportunity. God is king. And so long as you don't harm anybody else, and so long as you are not causing damage to somebody else's um, things, you are free as your own king on this land. This is one of those things that people were talking about in um, um, how the king's, uh, the power of the king, the sovereignty of the king passed to the state. And, and here's what they think. Well, that went to the state. It didn't go to us. And here's what you guys are all forgetting. We, the people, are the state, the lowercase state. We, the people, we're a body politic of people comprised, and together we make any structure, anything that we want to stipulate and basically create many private societies, whatever you want to call them. If you uh, have ever read the Law of Nations, you'll see that you can be a party to any private society that you want and have the safety of anything within that private society. And that's basically what countries are, in fact. And it's the same thing with a corporation. So if you have a corporation known as the United States, you got to ask yourself, how is it that I'm losing my freedoms? How is it that I'm not an American? And the fact is, everybody's 315 million Americans in this nation. There's no doubt you are an American. And what is an American? An American is a, a state of the union citizen. But the problem is nobody's claimed that. The problem is 
that they have structured up a, 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 a system of laws and code that are so confusing and so much a trick against the people that you don't know the difference of a United States citizen and a citizen of the United States of America. See, and I've said this a lot, but this is going to help make sense. Go grab the Declaration of Independence with your kids. Okay, I'm not telling you to read, just look at the title. In the title it has United States of America. United States of America. This is lowercase and small. This is an adjective describing the noun. States, capitalized, of America, capitalized. So by being a state citizen, you are, in fact, an American. Right there in the Declaration. It's not hard to figure out. Then you start looking at, well, they incorporated the District of Columbia in 1871, they formed the 14th Amendment, and it's the first time in the 14th Amendment, and go look this up, guys. You don't need to trust Kelby for anything. Uh, it's the first time they use citizen as a lower case. Now, does that mean something in law, upper and lower cases? Go look it up yourself. But understand that word citizen, in uh, as far as a uh, United States citizen, is synonymous with an employee. And so... When you go to a corporation today and you're filling out a W-4 or a W-9, which results in a W-2 at the end of the year or a 1099, um, you're saying that you are, in fact, an employee of not just that entity, but you're, in fact, an employee of the United States. And so that's one form of capture. The second form of capture is, is the mother and the birth certificate. The third form of capture is the driver's license and then the voter registration and then your bank accounts. You are under the collective entity doctrine and under the very word identification, which, guys, if you haven't seen our training video yet that we just posted from the 28th of last month, uh, it's free. Go to youtube.com slash isadvocates. It's a five-and-a-half-hour video. It's like maybe 10 videos ago. It's got a blue background, and there's probably been 11 or 1,200 views on it already. Um, I explain what the word identification means in law. I explain the collective entity doctrine. I explain what they are doing in law to make you synonymous with the birth certificate, make you say that you are, in fact, that person. Um, and by signing all these agreements, and you, you look at the driver's license, I agree that if I have a .08 um, blood alcohol level or higher, that I can lose my license for a year and be in prison for up to six months, and, and, and. Now, look, if the government had the power without your signature, which is what they suggest when they're training law enforcement officers, shame on them, um, if the government had uh, omnipotent power over its people, why do they need to contract with them under a form of agreeing with them, not, not to refresh their minds on what the law says, it's to get them to agree so that they commit a, a, a violation of the code of the corporate policy and procedural manual, which is basically the statutes and codes. Um, if they violate it, they're going to be punished. And what that punishment is is whatever you agree to. And so you have these elements of these agreements that are, are, are binding you to be 
uh, something less of a citizenship than you would if you were um, to address the issue. The big one is, is residence, and in the Law of Nations, um, I've read it to you guys several times. I'm looking for uh, move the book around. Um, the Law of Nations is very specific as to what it says about residence. Then you look at the passport application, and it, it's permanent address, and uh, there's everything they are working around is to get you by words that you don't know. You don't understand the word parent. You don't understand the word kid. You don't understand the word, um, you know, just look at look at a document. Um, why are you as the mom being called the informant? I mean, why does it say mother? And and why are they taking these, these all-important documents known as the, the certificate of live birth and creating a, a bonded surety um, called the birth certificate. And I really get into explaining that on that training. This is very important for us to get our minds wrapped around. See, it isn't the founders that put us in a position of, of um, it, it, guys, look, don't worry about who they were. Worry about what they produced. Because that element of what they produced, the Declaration of Independence, uh, the, the Federalist Papers, the you know, and you go through and you read these conversations and these communications and these writings, you will be absolutely blown away. You can't say, and I'm not saying all of them, I'm saying you can't say every single founding father was there in collusion to break down and try to put us into a position of surety. Absolutely. There, the element of that was, in fact, there. The element of what they produced for us is the only thing that I care about. And if it was such a good thing for them and such a bad thing for us, um, why is it that we had to go to war and, and, and fight? I mean, you figure the king would be like, okay, I got the decoration now. It's for me and my boys, and, uh, you know, we're good. No, it's because there was a movement of millions of people at that time that were living three months away from the king. And the king didn't have a cell phone. And this movement was growing so big. And uh, the founders were just a small part of that movement. They're, they're, you had the church pastors. You had um, all kinds of people that were just farmers picking up their guns and going to war um, on the basis of, of freedom. And and the why, I mean, let's think about this for a second. Why would we be going to war if that was in fact true, where what they gave us was such a piece of crap and it was just for them? It's Look, there's some element of truth to that in that if you don't say yourself, and you are a party to that document, and I have said that for years. And in our actual documents, um, I'm going to take a minute, and I'm going to show you guys something. Let me pull it up on my screen before I share my screen with you. But I want to show you guys something on what we do for people and uh, as advocates to help people to understand how they right up front um, go straight to freedom, on the passport application through allegiance 
in how we word it. I'm going to spend, you guys can, you know, I'm making this public because this is, this is critical stuff. And some people go way over the top and do all these crazy things. And not all of it is needed. Um, but what I'm about to show you is unlike anything that's out there. And it is awesome. Um, and this gets attached to the passport application and it becomes a permanent fixture uh, to that passport application. So um, bear with me. I am going to try to share. There we go. Start sharing. Excuse me. So this has been enhanced and enhanced and enhanced for years. Um, don't worry about taking a screenshot of this, guys. You can do all that all you want, but um, the reality is, uh, as a His Advocates member, this is a part of what you guys get. So, but here's the point. We break down right here the code that we say we are right up front, and we break it down to allegiance. We didn't know it should have always been, but now is to North Carolina State, lowercase state, Black's Law Edition of State. You write it down right there so we can have it right there. Uh, know for your records, it's our right to establish an allegiance to Jehovah. Um, this is what we do right up front. We uh, make this a matter of a family matter, and I don't want to get into that. Claiming our citizenship in heaven, which is first in priority. And the Lord is the same as of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob of the Holy Bible. My Lord is king, and I declare that I am self-governed American as allowed by an international treaty and under the Declaration of Independence. And I am not representing, appearing, accepting responsibility for the person, corporation, sesquitake, the religious uh, trust known as the registered organization. I comprehend that they are the birth certificate used to gain my passport is considered a registered organization and not me, the living man or woman. So, um, but look at this. We create a, and there's a lot of stuff here, but we create a certified copy of the Declaration of Independence right here. I attest as a true and correct copy of the Declaration of Independence circa 1776 and for 8 U.S.C. Uh, code 1101-821 uh, stipulates what a national uh, and in brackets, American as being a person and or man or woman that owes allegiance to a state. I hereby swear my allegiance to the deserved state of North Carolina. I also hereby indicate I'm affixing my mark onto the Declaration of Independence as it is a part of this document in total and not to be construed as a corporate state of North Carolina. Pursuant to 28 U.S.C. 1746-1, I declare under the penalties of perjury of the laws of the United States of America that the statements uh, made on this passport application within the statement are true and correct. Now watch this. With explicit reservation of all rights without prejudice, non-assumption, no contract, non-domiciled, non-resident, non-person, and without the United States sign. And then you put a seal. And whatever your seal is, some people do a thumbprint, some people do an actual seal. Um, you need to look up what a mark of a free man is and why you would do that in the first place. But the bottom line is this. Um, this goes with a free witness affidavit, um, and it also goes with the notary, and it goes with a, a ton of documents. Um, so we, we, we are tackling up front and getting passports on this basis because in law, 
that American that the founders gave us is still in effect and still true. So you have to understand that if you are taking an oath without the United States, 1746-1, but with the United States of America, what does that one code say all in of itself? One is speaking of the corp, one is speaking of the de jure, America. And so your country's name is America. And so whatever the founders did in their private life, whatever you think they were colluding to and very well could have been, what they gave us is synonymous with unlike anything ever in the history of the world. They gave us freedom where God was king and where we were self-governed. There is no nation that has what we have. And so, yes, from that point forward, the corporations were trying, or the, the, the kings, the power to, powers to be, the banks, were trying to come into a collusion with many, many people within the United States of America to bring forward and ultimately diminish and ultimately set up a central bank and ultimately drain all the gold, all the assets and all the resources and pledge the land against the debt. And now the people under the collective entity doctrine with the birth certificate are synonymous and you even say it, um, let me see your identification. Go look up the word identification. I show you in that training video, you're saying you and that person are one. So, and it's, it's, it's really an ideology that has been talked about since the early 1900s, and it's something that you really need to start studying. So, guys, look, um, nobody knows what those guys were thinking in 1775. Nobody does. But if you believe that the Illuminati started in 1776, and you believe that the Declaration of Independence actually did form in 1776, um, and that, you're, you're good. And what do I say about that, about the Illuminati? Well, number one, it is a conspiracy that it exists. I'm pretty sure it exists. Um, I don't know for a fact, because anything I've watched on YouTube can be created, altered, changed, whatever. But supposedly a, a very high-level group of men formed the Illuminati in 1776. The very same year, the Declaration of Independence was signed and sent out in the same year that we went to war against the king of England. So we had really a declaration of war. We were saying we wanted to be free so bad that we were willing to fight for it. Well, nobody before in the history of our world at that time was able to own land. This nation, um, at that point in history, you were able to own land. Today, you can own land, but it's not what you think when you're buying property. And you've got to understand elements of agreements. You've got to understand contracts because you don't, you don't, you know, people are like, I had a show on land patents. People are talking about, um, I'm going to get my land patent. And I'm, I, I'm like, I almost want to shake them and rattle. I'm like, wait a minute, buddy. Do you even know what? You're saying, I want to get my land patent means. I mean, they don't understand that the land patents have already been given out throughout this entire nation and that you can accept the land patent for your little sliver of land that is uh, on a big piece of land that is patented. And, or you can just bring it into the private 
because this is a jurisdiction over here, de facto land, that's a jurisdiction. You can bring that property out of recordation and into the private and show a sale and not register the property. And now you're sitting on patented land that you don't necessarily need to bring forward or even claim. See, the issues of claiming a land patent are when people are coming after your home or people are um, like code enforcement officers are walking on your property and banging your door and, and moving stuff around and giving you tickets. That's what people are in absolute fear of. And I saw some amazing things of what bringing forward a land patent could do, even on properties that were fully encumbered, but they don't have any real legal basis of saying their land is patented when their liens are encumbered. How do you say with a lien encumbering the, the, the property that was pledged by you and deposited by you and where you say you're a tenant, a joint tenant or a tenant in common, how do you say that you can now all of a sudden patent that land or bring forward the patent from somebody else and claim all the unalienable rights of the patent? So it's a failed concept, but here's what's not failed is you have this encumbered property that becomes unencumbered, the lien is removed, and you remove that property from the public and you put it back into the private where the patent does exist. And then you have full security. But here's the weird thing. People that were bringing forward the patent over here with code enforcement, I saw it work all the time. And that for me was an amazing thing to watch and be driven around and showing these properties that were, they, they all look like Sanford and Son, by the way. So I have an understanding why the cities are doing what they're doing. Um, because if everybody had patented land or everybody was sitting on private land that was not able to be enforced by the city to some degree or whatever, we would look pretty bad. And so there's, it's, there's some give and take in all that. But here's the bottom line is, is patented land and encumbered uh, property um, are synonymous with public and private. It's that simple. And what we're talking about with the corporation known as the United States and what we're talking about as American or in Amer America, it's the same principle, public, private. You have a public filed corporation where you are bringing yourself into becoming the public surety for the public debt trading on the public exchange, your birth certificate is being traded on the public exchange. It is a commodity. It's a vessel. You belong to the corporations that are putting the money into the structure known as the treasury, uh, printing up this money that they get a piece of every everything they print. And then now that money goes to the states as a through the Social Security Administrative Act, and the states now are using that money to budget everything that they're doing at the state level to run things. And the state and the Fed is at war with each other. Read your Trading with the Enemy Act and understand that, um, yes, absolutely, from the beginning, Satan was at work to try to hang on to the power structure, call it King John, call it a, uh, a, a power structure. Um, I love those rice rocket cars, don't you, in the middle of the broadcast? Um, and, and But that's been throughout history. But what we have that we cannot say we don't have, that we absolutely can show 
is the Declaration. The Constitution doesn't belong to you guys. The Bill of Rights doesn't belong to you guys. Let me explain. That is there for the reminder to the public officials that are serving you as a self-governed man or woman. The Bill of Rights is only a confirmation of your God-given unalienable rights. The king does not grant you rights. You are self-governed. Your rights come from God. You need to start understanding natural law. The Bill of Rights only enforces what you've already been granted. The corporation, when it exactly happened, doesn't matter. When did you become a party to the corporation is what matters. Did you say that the 14th Amendment is something that you were a party to? Did the corporation completely take over in from 1861 to 1871? The answer is yes. Um, that shift from de jure government to de facto land happened in 1861 with the declaration of war. So you really had a split in the government and and there was a major coup. Uh, a bunch of states left and started their own uh, confederate uh, of the United States or whatever it was called. They started their own nation. But guys, if you can't hold it together as a body politic of people and stay together as one in union and in agreement um, no matter what, you are going to become a conquered people. And the problem that we have is, is our youth today, uh, I saw a video yesterday where a guy was holding a United States flag. It's, it's an American flag. But he's swinging it around, and he's being spit at, cussed at by college students on a college campus. But then the guy, the same guy, held up an ISIS flag, and was preaching about how the United States uh, and the capitalist pig nation it was, and people were stopping him and praising him and telling him how proud they were of him, college kids. So indoctrination of our nation is always starting at the, the at an elementary school and going up all the way through college. We don't teach our kids the Constitution, and we're not teaching our kids the Declaration. And then you got a bunch of yahoos and trolls and uh, on the internet that are trying to make you think something other exists than really does exist. Let me explain, guys. Um, this is eight years ago. The NSA, NSA had over a million employees. The National Security Agency had over one million employees. I don't know what they have today. Um, don't think for a second that the guy next to you could be an agent, could be an informant, or just could be a neighbor that's going to one day dial a number and say, hey, I saw him. He, his kids didn't go to school that day and narked you off like they're doing in Germany. If you try to homeschool your kids in Germany, you're going to be arrested as a parent. And the, 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 the people are programmed to nark you off. Um, we had a, uh, at a Super Bowl a few years ago, Janet, uh, the Homeland Security Director, um, I forget her last name, said, uh, gave a public service announcement about terrorism. If you see that neighbor 
Don't be afraid to call. Give an 800 number. I'm telling you guys, we we have an issue, and it's not what you think. And, uh, the issue is is the programming that we're allowing on us. And so, quick story. I'm a part of the Republic uh, for the United States of America. Um, it's been in Tadish Rocky times going up and down, and uh, the original president was arrested and basically given a life sentence, uh, 20 years at his age, which is a, a life sentence. And um, it came out in trial that every single person that was around him for the last year and a half was an informant or an agent. That's how important it was. They needed to surround him. And I want you to get your mind wrapped around that. Now, the story is one of the uh, original guys that signed a document back in 2008. Um, I'm not going to say his name. It was an important document. Uh, ultimately, he committed a crime, and he was arrested, and, uh, and it had something to do with um, uh, money laundering, I think, or guns. I don't know. Anyway, he came out at the trial that uh, his best friend, best friend, was an FBI agent for the last eight years. I want you to think about that. And really get your mind wrapped around what I just said. A million people work at the NSA. So when you're talking about structures of trying to keep a people under control, the United States Corporation there's no better structure than us for the world. And the X factor of artificial intelligence coming on top of that now, which is in a, in a, in a form of singularity, working with other artificial intelligence where man can't even get in to find out what they're doing now. See, we think one thing is happening and that everything is good and it's clear and it's free and then it's coming, guys. We don't know when, what, or how, but it's coming. And and we have to be proactively involved with taking care of and making our allegiances personally pure and to the and to America. See how do you how do you let me just ask you this way. How do you get a passport from the United States of America where you say you are not a United States citizen, and you say your parents were not United States citizens, and you say that you do not have allegiance to them, but that your allegiance is to the state of which you were born on, and your allegiance is as an American, and get a passport. It's that simple. You think they're just saying, oh, that's just an oxymoron. No, you're signing something under the pains and penalties of perjury. Think about this for a second. You're in one paragraph saying you're not a United States citizen, but in another paragraph you're saying I'm an American. You think they're going, well, which one is it? No, because you're pointing out the statute and the code within the docs. You're showing them that you got the, you got the trick. You understand the, the bait and switch they did a long time ago. And... Sometimes they mail a letter back saying, hey, you can't, you can't get a passport if you're not a United States citizen. And we just send it right back with another letter, and boom, you get a passport. We get it back with the no social. We get it back for a lot of reasons. We, we challenge them back on many different fronts, but we point out to them that the social, 
doesn't belong to the man. And uh, and we get the passport. We're 100% guys on getting. Here's the point: you can't, you can't say on a affidavit that you're not a U.S. citizen and that you're an American. It's an it's they cancel each other out. Are you or aren't you? Well, in law, they don't cancel each other out. So therefore, the affidavit is true and correct and accepted in passport in your hands. So did the founders write in collusion together? Absolutely. Were some of them agents? Absolutely. Did they give us an awesome set of documents? Absolutely. But it's only yours if you claim it. And you can go and claim and be a part of the United States corporation, or you can claim to be an American. And I think those guys did sacrifice a lot for us as a, as a people. And I think our children today are totally taking advantage of it. And I think a lot of people on this call are doing the same thing. We're just starting to get our minds wrapped around the damage that's been done. See, Satan's biggest thing is to make you think he doesn't exist. Just like bad guys. Bad guys, their biggest thing is they can just make you believe that they didn't do this to you. And that really, uh, United States is America, and it's not. In law, it's not. So you can come out of her. You can be, and it's just, it's so interesting how it all falls in line with Scripture. And how in law, we have a place to go to that's internationally accepted as an American and be private and free under our God, where truly that citizenship in heaven is right here on earth that we have because our allegiance is to God. So that is a creation of something that starts in your mind. You don't have to be, you don't have to say you're, you're a no man. You don't have to refuse uh, and go and recount your, your citizenship and your nationality. You don't need to do any of that. You need to understand that you have an opportunity unlike anything else. Yeah, in everybody politic, there is a group of bad people working within. There's no doubt. But in this particular case, we have the best set of documents on the face of the earth. And I'm proud, personally, to be an American. God bless, guys. I will see you Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific. I sure appreciate you coming out. Do me a favor. If you're interested, call my guy, Stephen. We did some major revamping due to technology advances. Guys, listen to me. We have done some technology advances. We're working out some kinks over this next week. But we are able to severely um, uh, help anybody that has a need to move into the private, um, no matter what your budget is, let us know. Call Stephen, 844-447-2386, his extension, 702. God bless. Good night. I'll see you Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Goodbye. Is anyone still on this call?
Yeah, I'm here. You hear me? Yeah. All right. Uh, did you listen to uh, Kelly Smith's call? I did. Opinion? Well, um, it's, it's kind of funny because he, in his own way, contractually, he is under the impression that he can go ahead and establish state citizenship just by merely amending or changing the verbiage on the contract to the factor he has out there. And then just asserting and not, you know, asserting to and then uh, and then doing it that way. And of uh, course, uh, he... Well, one of the things that he's using that I found some interest in and started researching was the power of an application in itself. Um, gosh, there's a whole bunch of stuff I would, I'd have to share a whole bunch of crap in order to explain to you, but uh, an application in and of itself holds power, and people don't realize that, and that's what he's choosing. He doesn't care what happens with that application. It's just that the application is submitted. Mm -hmm. And then after the application is submitted, from what I see, he's going back and getting a um, FOIA request for that application and using that as the document that you stand on. Mm -hmm. But aren't we all stateless citizens citizens anyway? How how does the application rectify that? Uh, Peggy Purden, what did you just say? I said, aren't we all stateless citizens anyway? I mean, how does, does, uh, you know, uh, changing the application, you know, correcting its verbiage and then submitting it, getting the de facto basically to look over to prove it and then requesting it back. I mean, how does that, how does that, how does it, how does it establish a status? Well, it, it changes the stateless position because in that application, you've declared a position. Mm. Now, now, all right, let's go back to when we were kids and the boys built a little tree fort up in the up in the tree and we put up a sign that said no girls allowed you know what i mean mm-hmm. well um has the state sent anything back that said oh no that that's not permitted you're not allowed uh, is that a rhetorical question i mean it's gonna half and half. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if you gone out there and built your own fort, I mean, I'm assuming uh, in that in that particular example, no one said anything because you established your position. Well, actually, I mean, you did you did declare it, and what you declared was no girls allowed, and no girls were allowed. <laughs> right, and. You know, and if if you go and you claim a position as uh, belonging to a state, uh, has a state come forward and said, oh, no, we're not allowing you? No, they don't do that. Yeah. Uh, so, therefore, through basically a, a tacit acceptance, I mean, 
you are a state citizen. You, you belong to that actual de jure organic state. Okay, but then now we have a conflict of philosophies, don't we? Or, or mindsets or discoveries because what what is in existence, um, my understanding of the government of 1781 is that that is the de jure republic. That is the de jure republic. So that um, that's, that's a separate entity. What exactly, What uh, if you're claiming state citizenship, then are you declaring it under a de facto state? And, and if not, if it's under a de jure state, then which de jure, de jure government? I mean, it's, 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 it's te- uh, that's, this is where, uh, this no, is where no, here, here's the situation. Here's the situation. You are like, when you do your resident declaration, you're doing that for your state. Okay. In yeah. this government. Right. And, yeah. but though the thing is, is that the protection on top of that just isn't your state, but you have the, um, the government of the United States of America, 1781 which offers some protection so that if you have any problems, you go to them and say, this guy's screwing with me, that guy's screwing with me, can you take care of it? And they do. And it's not a, a case of them being over you because they're not. They, it, it's an equal playing field. Sure. Sure, I, I get the importance of it, but again... Kelby's example is, well, yeah, I make these declarations, I make, I make all these corrections on the application, and now I'm a citizen of my state. Again, this would be a citizen of the de jure state, correct? Right. And now, here's the situation with Kelby, all right? I yeah. would like to get Kelby on board with this government, yeah. because even though you may be now part of the de jure state, the problem with the de jure state is that the de jure state, all the offices are empty. Mm -hmm. They've all been shelved, and it's been taken over by the UN, etc. And so so therefore, the people need to come back in, re-inhabit those offices, and start taking over again. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Uh, U.S. Inc. or the Franchise State Inc., they won't give a shit, and they don't. And I've seen that. They don't give a shit. As long as you're not doing anything to harm anybody, they don't care. They don't care in what, in what way? Care about what? You infringing on their position. Because they uh-huh. feel like they've got the top position. When they really don't. The top position lays in the people. It's called the consent of the governed. The, the, the people have the top position. They've always had the top position. See, again, I, I guess I, I don't know why I'm so hard-headed on this. Kelby's position, then what is, what is he promoting? What exactly is he talking about in terms of the standing? You make all the corrections. You have the de facto right off on it saying, yeah, okay, we'll give you back. Here's a copy of it. You know, we, we received it, right? And, 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 and now, you are, now you've made a, a status change as a citizen of your state. Again, uh, in, in his mindset, what is he doing? Is this is establishing a status as a citizen of the de jure state, a citizen of the de facto state uh, on, on paper, uh, and if it's de jure, it can't be. It can't be really the de jure because, under the government of 1781, the de jure government is the one enacted 
uh, whose style is named under the Articles of Confederation. So what is right. what is Kelsey working? If that is indeed uh, unmistakably and um, undeniably the truth, as it should be, as right. then okay, let me explain. It. <coughs> um, what Kelvin's doing, I totally agree with. All right, but there's an issue with it. It's the same thing with people wanting to do the name change. Okay. Uh, we went over this a couple weeks ago in our call. Uh, a guy came on and said, oh, you got to do the name change. Uh, and the name change is a, a change, basically, of ownership. All right? Um, and But the problem is, is and, and the guy with the name change was like, okay, well, it's a change of ownership, but it puts it back in the de jure state. And it's like, yeah, okay. Same as with Kelby, you're being put back in the de jure state. But here's the problem. The de jure state is unoccupied. All offices are empty. It was turned over to the UN. So then you have to go an extra step and and claim those positions for your state and for your county and things like that. Since they were vacated, you have to go back and reclaim them. Otherwise, there is nobody there to protect you. Even if your name change put you back in the de jure state or your application for the um, passport. passport put you back in the de jure state, that's all well and fine. But is there anybody in the de jure state there to stand up and protect you? Uh, in most cases, no. So therefore... That's one of the things that I'm pushing right now, and that's why I've got uh, a site on Facebook, uh, the ANU Assembly for Growth and Development, or Growth and Expansion, is so that everybody can come together and start reestablishing their states again, because then you will have power. Then there will be a form of power, and it can't be regulated or denied. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because that's if, if you do it Kelby's way, then then you basically achieved it without without really you know declaring yourself a, a national or at least a, a or an, or a resident you know of a de jure government. Yeah, it's good. It's good if you're back in the state. But now, now that you're back in the state, is there anybody in that state to help you? No. So you're saying that it's only it's 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 only it's it's only a part of the process that he's figured out. No, I I, I think I figured it out to the completion. No, and not the, you. And, right, but not the you. complete. Well, him, yeah. yeah, but the completion is that we need to start freaking going back and setting up our own counties and states again, because they've all been sitting there dormant. Well, Kelby is part of a group that believes that they're doing that. You see, that's that's the other that's the other part of the rub. You, you I see don't know. No, I I don't think they're doing that. I think they're going back to the original state, but I don't think that they are reestablishing the states. Well, yeah, I mean, I know that in California, there's there's under the Republic for the United States of America. There's one governor and 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 one judge. They don't have a secretary. But what I'm saying is that, that regardless of that, if if what the if what the government of the United States of 1781, if what they discover is true in fact, 
then they could go ahead and go through the motions. This this group right here, Republic of the United States of America, they could go through the motions all they want. They could go ahead and have titles and, and governors and a judiciary and 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 uh, and everything they need based on the Northwest Ordinance of, of 1787 and get that all set up. It's still not it's still not the Dijere government, correct? Because they're doing it under the premise of of uh, with the Constitution being the the foundation of this governance. Have they claimed they made some bounds and zero boundaries? As, as far as I can tell, none of that is on their web pages. None, they just met a declaration of sovereign intent. They, they've had international. I mean, they went ahead and did the international recognition with the Hague. Um, I mean, Kelby was 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 one of the early people there doing so. But, but yeah, I know. But like you said, have they declared the meets and bounds secret boundaries? Because if no. you haven't claimed the meets and bounds and secret boundaries of your establishment, then you don't have anything. That's I, I have a feeling, and I and I can't 100% substantiate that. But there's nothing in the documentation that I read on their website uh, from their history to what they're claiming and all that kind of stuff that that leads me to believe that they did that. I'm assuming that when the government of 1781 did that uh, and, and claimed to meet the Browns, they should have bumped into something, uh, another group or another government that had made that claim. If they didn't, it's because the Republic of the United States of America hasn't done it or any other group of people who believe they found the key to re-inhabiting the de jure offices haven't this- done so as this government of 1781 did bump into something. Okay. And it was, you know, you always hear that word they. They do this and they do that. Well, this government found out who they really was. Because after um, the meets and bounds and sewer boundaries of the nation were claimed, that entity known as they showed their face. All right. Now we're cooking with gas here, Brian. What, 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 could you care elaborate a little bit on the nature of they? Um, it was essentially where the original, um, the original peoples that migrated to America came from. And it was the lineage of those people came forward and they wanted those documents because those are very important documents. Those documents were placed offshore and then they were brought back and they were put into trust and that trust was given to the people of America because it belongs to the people of America. And that's that can be found, I, I think that's mentioned in uh, the last call, uh, call 71, for the T Rose show. But it, it was mentioned a long time ago. It might even be mentioned in our journey to independence as well. I'll have to I'll have to maybe re see those videos because I think I've seen videos one through eight and I don't recall um well I don't recall the mention of a uh, well I guess what I was talking to you earlier was about I said that the government of 1781 would have bumped into another claim. You, you asked me, has the Republic claimed the, the, the meets and bounds of, of, of this particular area and whatnot? And I said, as far as I know, no. But if the, the government of 1781 was, was, was making such a claim, they would have bumped into a previous claim, don't you think? And, um, and, and, that, and that's, that's my question to you, is that 
it, it, the previous claim, if there was one, would have been one made by the by the same government, the same government that we're talking about right now. Uh, the yeah. The pro the thing is, there was no previous claim. It had never been claimed. Yeah. Everything so was everything was sitting in limbo. It, well, here, let me give let me give you a perfect example. This is why you don't see a wall being put up, a full wall. Now, I know there's partial ones. This is why you don't see a full wall put up on the southern border of America between America and Mexico. Is because the de facto has never claimed the meets and bounds. So there's no way they can put a wall up. That's why Trump will never put a wall up, because the de facto has never claimed the meets and bounds and seward boundaries of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. So they'll be talking uh, about it. That there's, I mean, even go to the northern border. Go to the northern border with Canada. It is such a zigzag pattern, it's unbelievable. Well, why would you put, or even talk about putting a wall up on a southern border and not put a wall on a northern border? You know what? The number one job of Congress, of a ruling party to a country, their number one job is the protection of the country. Okay? Now, as far as that goes, let me just give you one phrase. 9-11. Have they protected this country? Absolutely not. Not only do they not protect the country, but they do harm to it. Like I said again, 9-11. They do harm to it and, and blame it on another country when they are responsible for protecting this country to start with. How effed up is that? No reply? Anyway, uh, yeah. We just did tonight's call, and also hopefully if we can record at Kelby's. And until next week, like I tell everybody, it's all about learning where you're really from, where you're really at, and who you really are. Because that's the important thing. Once you figure that out, you'll know more than most people. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.